Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to the sixth episode of the Babybacks Banter Podcast featuring myself, Mike McDermott, from Inside the Diamondbacks and AZ Snake Pits, West Byer. How's it going, Michael? It's going all right. D-backs currently lead 1-0 against Wade Miley. Yeah, RBI single by Josh Rojas, and then now Longoria's batting with a 2-2 count against Miley. Our old friend, Wade Miley. I remember when he was with the Diamondbacks farm system, like, forever ago. Um, like, that was all that was forever ago. Um, I, I think every, you know, Diamondbacks fan is happy right now with, like, 6-4 and being, you know, tied for first place in the NL West. Like, that's, that's I think, I'm happy. Yeah, so we're going to get into that 6-4 and four start. The Diamondbacks basically ran the Dodgers out of the gym over the weekend. So much to the point they didn't even throw the ball to, down the base. Yeah, no, it's – it's other than, like, um, like I really did not expect the Dodgers to, like – this, like, was looked like a really tough uh, schedule and a walk away, like, not even just, like – like, I was thinking, like, we could, like, split this – like, split, you know, 5-5. Five, five. Maybe uh, the opposite of our current record would be like what happens. I did not expect us to be able to like tee off on the Dodgers and uh, just like completely take advantage of their catchers. Like that's uh, that's not surprising, but the fact that they actually like you know have a winning record is uh, is impressive to me. <laughs> like I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, it's uh, the D-backs have already in ten games matched their win total against the Dodgers from last season. Is the thing. Plus, I think they also come at a really good time. Obviously, their ro- their rotation, yeah, rotation. Their lineups been hit with injuries this spring. It may be a different story when they play them again in August. But sometimes oh, that's I, all you need. I think having Gavin Lux, uh, like that's a very fortunate uh, injury for the Diamondbacks. Who, like, really, it's a it's a missing piece of their their uh, their lineup, and. Uh, I think we'll be a better team at the end of the year when we face them. But I mean, a win's a win, whether it's in August or it's in, you know, in April, it still matters. So yeah, they all like, count. definitely good to take advantage of it now. All right. So obviously the big news of the week, Dre Jameson is back in the Dimex starting rotation following Zach Davies going on the injured list with a strained left oblique. So what did you think of Jameson's performance out of the bullpen? Um, I'm like not surprised at like how good he was. He's very, he's a very good pitcher. Uh, this is like the least surprising news. Um, I think to like for anyone following the Diamondbacks going into the season, like none of us really expected Zach Davies or you know Matt, you know Bumgarner to like make every single one of their starts. And so far, uh, you know it. It's it's like you know it. I really I think that it just started that way in the season. Like I'm really surprised that they put. Uh, Jameson the bullpen. It's not surprising that he sells. He has like the velocity and the stuff and the pitch selection to be able to like just absolutely tear up batter batters. Like as a starter, so um, it's is it surprising that he was good as a, a relief pitcher? I don't really, I don't really think so. Even like as a weird long man hybrid, it's not surprising. Yeah, I just thought it was something funny. But anyway, yeah, in Jameson's three relief appearances, D-backs are 3-0. and oh, He's got two wins and a save. That's the thing, so. His response, yeah. obviously, obviously, you're getting the bullpen was, I don't give a shit, I'm here to win ball games. 
So it was exact, that's the great attitude for like, you know, like it's everything you want. And I think it does show a lot of his like character that I, uh, he like had no problems taking the role and he was just like, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll win any way I can. And I think they picked the right guy to do that out of any of the, uh, the the starting pitchers. Hopefully, like that doesn't like affect his development at all. Having like go back, no, 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 you know, no, like that. Was, but I don't think it will, because he's been mostly a long man. It was starting to get to that point, but where you were worried about him being stuck in the bullpen, but then obviously the injury opened it, opened things up, and it felt like the perfect window to get him in. By the way, Jameson is starting Wednesday against Milwaukee. If you're wondering when that's going to start, no pun intended. Yeah, so um, it's Davies has an oblique strain, which is usually um, it's like doesn't take that long to recover, but it could be a nagging injury, and like that could that can come back uh, like you know later on after he gets off the injured list. I uh, how many starts do you think he's gonna miss? At least I would. Well, if it, depending on the severity of the injury is. If it's a grade one, then it's four weeks. Although, like I said, you don't want to bring him back too early. We've seen what happens with Walker. If you try to bring a guy back from an oblique injury too soon. Also, I feel like, uh, I don't know if it affected Luplo all of last year, obviously. I think he had came out to a pretty yeah, hot I mean, start and then just fizzled. I mean, like personal experience, like oblique strains are really uh, like, no matter like no matter the severity, like it's it really affects your ability to move around. Like you can't twist your body. You can't like it hurts to bend over, like hurts to cough sometimes. So Yeah, especially um, how rotational this game can get when you're pitching or if you're hitting. If you get the yeah, uh, front side. I can't I can't imagine having to pitch with an oblique strain or like tear I can imagine tearing it while while pitching, but I can't imagine actually like uh being comfortable hitting with it or pitching. So, um, but like that's the whole, like any kind of core injury like that is, can be, uh, uh, concerning. I wouldn't like, you know, be like, he'll, it's not like it's at the end of his career, but it's just one of those things where like, who knows how much time he'll miss. Like it's anywhere from a couple, two weeks. Like he's on a 15 day DL, right? Or uh, injured list. Yeah. He's not going to be back in 15 days. We're talking four. Yeah, we're talking four or five weeks at the minimum. If it's a grade one, if it's grade two, we're talking two months, and then I think we can rule out a grade three. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, how he was I, able to get walk off the field. I think the team would be more upfront about it if it, if it was grade three, unless they would you know are trying to you know pawn pawn Zach Davies off on another team at the deadline. Yeah. So, I. Uh, I, I think you think he'll I think will Jameson like what happens when Dre Jameson locks down the, the job in the, the rotation? Uh Zach Davies comes back. Hypothetically, my Madison Bumgarner like has a fantastic, you know, you know, the rest of the seat. Like what do you do? Like like between now and then, they're both good. What do you do with Davies? Or you know, Bumgarner or whomever, like assuming everyone else is good. Like what happens have. then? Yeah, it is, it's it's a good though. problem to have. Very unlikely. Um, you know, like ideally, like I said, you know, like trade him 
you know, they come back, hopefully like they're like quality enough that a, uh, a team will, will want, you know, to trade for them, hire some low level prospects, a flyer. That's my favorite thing. in uh, you know, the trade trade deadline move, honestly, or the, the old classic bloated contract swap. I don't know. Uh, every time I've talked about the roster this year, who's going to be there and there, somebody gets injured and you've, it, it, yeah. you know, something will happen. You just know it. You just don't yeah, know who goes down, when they'll go down. You just know when uh, Davies comes back, there's, you're probably shuffling the rotation for another reason. Anyway. Yeah, I, that's, that's, I, it's impossible to predict that sort of thing. Honestly, it's kind of just, uh, you're never, no one's ever right. I mean, like, here's a fun story. I was at the game. So obviously the Corbin, Mar- Corbin Martin injury, I mentioned, uh, like literally when he struck out the first two bears, I texted Jack and he was like, I've seen enough. Put him on the team. Next pitch done for the season. Oh yeah. You, you have bad luck. Um, I think you're like a bad luck charm at times. Like the, that's like the coincidental injuries that have happened around you, Michael. Don't talk too much about the roster. The roster will, these guys will find their ways on the way on the roster somehow if they perform well enough. And I, like, I have expect. the reverse side. Uh, whenever I go to games, they usually get blown out. Like all the games that I've gone to that I'm, I'm did we? No, I think there was a snake pit fest that I went to that they won at. Like it was, it was like a, but uh, all like four or five other Diamondback games I've, I've like actually attended in person. They've been like blown out by at least uh, seven or eight runs. So like I, it has not been a great experience at Chase Field for me. All right. So obviously now we'll move on to another starter here. We'll talk about the performance of. Perhaps the guy who's done the best the first two turns to the rotation, Ryan Nelson. The only pitcher in this rotation to record a quality start or to get a win out of the five. Of course, the rotation yeah, record is one in three. It, it's kind of surprising that he was the first to to, to earn a win. And uh, it was only on the second. Like, this is the second round in the, uh, the rotation. So, um, yeah, uh, he's a good – I mean, I – he's a good pitcher. We've talked about it before. Like it's good to see that, like, you know, Nelson having a good start in the Diamondbacks, like firing on all cylinders on like, you know, and the bullpen surprisingly being locked down too. So like just having that and support, I think helps Nelson a lot, like not having to worry about, you know, two runs, you know, just getting enough run support. You know, it's a funny thing is Nelson's held his own two starts. I feel like he's not even close to his, without even being close to his best in either one of them. Of course, yesterday we saw a glimpse of what he looks like at his best. After the D-backs took that 6-3 lead in the bottom of the third, cruised. Yeah, when he's on, when he like really is, uh, he has not looked like, I agree, he he definitely, I've seen better starts out of him. When he's on, he's like really lights out. And where I think we're going to like just seeing like the beginnings of the potential he has as a major league starting pitcher. Like he, he has, uh, like you said, he just like cruises through batters and it's like with this, uh, this pitch clock, I think, has he pitched with the pitch clock his whole, his whole career? Yeah. Or, pitch clock's not, shouldn't be a factor for a guy like Nelson. Yeah. So, um, I think that's a big factor in his success. Um, like as we know, like the gallon and some other, uh, I'm trying to think of some, some, there's been some other pitchers that aren't time back pitchers that have had trouble with it too. And um, Vargas, I think has struggled with a little bit, but I think it's not, I, 
there was a moment yesterday where it looked like he kind of just lost it. He has a dog, yeah. but then they had a mound. And then whatever was whatever was said in the mound visit seemed to have calmed him down because he got three outs in the next two hitters. Uh, yeah, no, I was very impressed with that. Like he, I, uh, I think it's one of those things. Like it, that really like shows like the value. Like, like I, 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 the the limited mound meanings uh, being used strategically for situations like that, where it's like a guy who's just obviously. He's just lost his stuff for a second and he needs to collect his thoughts for like two seconds and then uh, focus again. And then, you know, he's lights out from there. And uh, Vargas, Vargas, I don't know. I don't know if it's the pitch clock has been that much of an issue. I don't think it's actually the pitch clock. I think there's just times he loses focus or maybe is yeah. intimidated. Like maybe I think it, I think it's more of an issue of intimidation. Perhaps it's like, oh. And I was looking at the dugout. It's like, come on, man. You're in the big leagues for a reason. You throw 100. You should be the aggressor here. Yeah, I think that actually exactly was what going on because that's it was that's like probably a, what was said in Spanish in the mound visit. I, I yeah, I, I you know there's not like there's like a John Boy uh, lip reading, but um, yeah, no, I am sure that was that's what was going on because he's like it just seems like a focus issue and like just like a little bit. Of, I I totally get it. Like you know. Uh, everyone's throwing a hundred miles per hour these days, you know, you not forget everyone. that, I guess. Yeah, no, I know. I know it's not, it's still like, this was like unheard of. Um, you know, when I first started following baseball, there's been like a cause like Randy Johnson. Um, I don't really that many hundred mile per hour pitches, pitchers, you know, like that was, I mean, I know some of his measurement, like with better measurements, um, RJ average with the adjustments they have, I think it is peaky average 95, but also RJ didn't throw a full blast. Until he had yeah, to. No. Yeah, he saved some of it for like later in the start. That's one of the, I think the keys to to Randy's success was like he left a little bit. Like Nolan Ryan did the same thing, which is he left some of the gas tank. So he wasn't, you know, throwing like he didn't need to. Well, first of all, he didn't need to throw 100 miles per hour plus uh, in every single, you know, with every single pitch. Uh, like from the beginning of the game, you don't really need to do that. Most guys are like you, like they they can't catch up to hundred miles per, you know, 96 miles per hour, 97. Why are you going to start off with hundred miles per hour and give them like a better chance at it? You know? So with a guy like, with, you know, with like Nelson, like all the guys who've like touched hundred, like I, uh, who are starters, I, uh, I would hope that they take the same philosophy of like leaving a little bit in the gas tank, you know, like Jameson, I guess his first time he, uh, hit a hundred over hundred in, in the major leagues. I know well, one of these I guys. Remember from a spring training game when Jameson was starting, the I was sitting next to the two guys that called the game, uh, the, the twins that called the game for Amarillo, and they were a bit annoyed that Jameson was trying to pump in a hundred miles an hour. But obviously, in Jameson's yeah. case, he doesn't need to throw the four seamer to be effective. Ooh, nice pitching by Gallon. Back against the wall, got two strikeouts. Very nice. I need to watch more games. I just never like I've been watching, just like following him on. Uh, the app at app and uh, I, I don't know like it's it's uh, for some reason I do not have cable in my own bedroom so it's having a living room other people live with me um, they don't they do not like baseball so I uh, will watch it on the MOV app at app and uh, it's good enough for me there's enough yeah. data there yeah it's one of those things if you pay for it you can listen to uh, Greg and Candy Oh yeah, you know what? I should do that. That's a good idea. Uh, Schulte is my uh, like. It's his, 
Yeah, it's his last season. So Chris Carroll. He's my like full. my like internal baseball announcer voice in my head when I like imagine like baseball announcing. It sounds like Schulte. So, uh, you know, I think like most people who like listen to radio growing up in Arizona and are like Diamondbacks broadcast. Like you know, like yeah, Schulte's like the only guy we've had really. So other than rare exceptions. So, um, like that's just like the voice in my head. I'm, I'm, he, he's retiring out this year, so yep. I'm, I'm Miss Schulte. Yeah, um, Chris Garagel will be taking over full time next year. I think he does the, he does the, uh, road game, so you could probably get used to him. Starting so three, gener- over the three generations of Garagiolas with the, the uh, Diamondbacks. Yep. Uh, mostly if you're not, if you're listening, you're not aware. Uh, Joe Garagiola Jr. was the uh, was the initial general manager of the Diamondbacks. Yeah, it would be his dad. Yeah, so see, I so that's really like he got it done. I'll give it that. <laughs> like unlike all the other guys, uh, he got it done. If yeah, uh, it feel it. I would say for the early years and the Colangelo years, it felt like it. Jerry was more of a was played the, the GM role more so than the. Joe, yeah. Joe Jr. But well, I think it could be just a case. It's, it's like I want these guys make it happen, kind of thing. I think that's what it's really just, happened. Is, um, like whoever whoever point was like, oh, I want Randy Johnson. Like that's an excellent, uh, you know, I want like, Randy make it happen. I want make I want happen, the big unit make it know? happen. I don't care how hurt, hurt showing cost. All the guys that like that went out, like Luis Gonzalez, is probably. Uh, I don't think Luis Gonzalez was that kind of. I want this guy make it happen kind of thing. It it's just one of those things where it was uh, maybe add a little bit more veteran to the line, add a veteran to the lineup, but then obviously yeah, nobody saw it. And then Gonzo ended up taking advantage of the dry air to put up big numbers. Yeah, no, I mean actually, like playing in Colorado, like if you look at if you look at Gonzo's numbers on the road, like they were. Uh, he probably like, has good numbers in Colorado. In fact, we'll look it up right now. Yeah, no, he had fantastic numbers. I remember like Gonzo in O in O two, up until he uh, had that injury, like he was fantastic. Like I, it was more some of it was more swing change. Honestly, I think that seeing uh, a young Luis Gonzalez with the the the, the change in his stance and you know yeah, all that, a more that might that might have stood out to him. As you know, to to acquire Luis Gonzalez, that's actually what I'm saying. Like that was probably one of the best trades by a Diamondback GM. Yeah, I'm looking at Gonzo's splits right now. They're, between the months of May and July, they're almost identical. For, his triple slash is basically identical in those three months. Uh, two ninety three two nine batting average around two ninety three seventy three on base, slugging in the four eighties. Consistent. Right, yeah, so, I know he he was remarkable. All right, let's go. Opponent Gonzo versus the Rockies. All right, so Luis Gonzalez against the Colorado Rockies. Actually, not that. Not actually, not as good as you'd think. Two ninety. Okay, so one hundred ninety six games, eight hundred thirty three plate appearances against Colorado Rockies. Two ninety two batting average, three eighty on base, five eleven slugging, with okay. thirty two home runs, eighty eight walks, sixty seven strikeouts. Now. Did he, did he play for the did he, did he play for the Astros when they were in the NL? Yeah. Okay, so um that's weird. 
All right, so we'll look up. Let's look up individual splits. Let's start in '99. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was going to say, like, if you look at the early years, it wouldn't necessarily be as like, like, yes, he faced he played in early cores, although, like, you know, like I'm saying, like, okay, um, so but 19- pre swing change. Okay, so 1999, three six, 12 games, 58 plate appearances, 365, 414, 481, one home run, four walks, four strikeouts. Okay. That's not great. What about it was actually, I, well, and obviously, 895 OPS is below whatever number he put that year. Yeah. He probably had an OPS near 1,000. Let's go 2,000. Okay, so it's 2,000 splits against the Colorado Rockies. Gonzo. Hit 260 with 327 on base, 460 slug, two homers, four doubles, two homers, three walks, six strikeouts. It's a really good on base percentage. Like, not gonna lie, you're playing the Rockies. Yeah, I mean the Rockies pitching is terrible. Regardless, like it wasn't even just like the 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 environment. It's hard to evaluate pitching in Colorado. That's why that's why I don't look at raw numbers with the Rocky with the Rockies. You look at the plus minus numbers. Okay, let's see why this 2001. Obviously, he put up. That's really what I want to look at. MVP numbers that season didn't win because, uh, well. Barry Bonds, obviously, Barry like Bonds, I mean, he's to get that. On, Barry Bonds is on the juice, but obviously, I still think pre-juice Bonds would have beaten him out. Okay, yeah, so here's I so. so here's the kicker. So this is going to be pretty big. Three eleven batting average, four sixteen on base percentage, six eighty nine slugging, seven home runs. Oh, and yeah. here's a fun fact: Gonzo hit eleven home runs against the Dodgers that season. Yeah, he teed off on NLS pitching, like absolutely. Six I against the Padres, three against the Giants. Three yeah, that was. Can we get some of that now? Like that was kind of like Luis Gonzalez. Are we ever going to get one of those guys? You know, to break out. Well, the Padres held him to a two sixty one batting average, but he still <laughs> still clubbed six yeah. home runs against them. Four yeah, some strikeouts. Yeah, that's like that's like Goldie's the only guy who really has a comparable. Um, like offensive season that Reggie Sanders that season was actually like, you know, kind of underrated. I think um, the 2001, we can look at the 2001 Diamondbacks. That's a weird year. These segments. So let's, uh, we can slow down a little bit. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's look at two thousand. So if we go by war in the 2001 team and we'll just do position players, because obviously RJ and Schilling are one and two because who it's else like, would be? Uh, uh, yeah. Who else would do that? I'm going to move. Okay, player value batters. Gonzo seven point nine WAR. Next guy, Reggie Sanders, as uh, Gallon gets his third consecutive strikeout. Reggie Sanders three point three. Take a guess at the next player. Um, I'm, I'm Miguel Batista. Just hitters. Just hitters. Uh, Matt Williams or Mark Grace. Mark Grace. Yo, Grace was underrated. Hey, Mark Grace had 2.4. Mark Grace 2.4 war. And those are the only three D-backs hitters to uh, put up two war. And then Council was fourth at 1.7. Damon Miller actually had a decent season. 1.5. I think one. Then after you get past, uh, 
David Miller's a bunch of part-time guys. Oh, wait, and that was, I think 2001 was Steve Finley's worst year as a Diamondback, I believe. Yep, four straight Ks for Gallon. Jack just anti-ed him into the Cy Young Award. Yeah, it look. Oh, here's here's something that fans might not get here, but everyone knows about Bobby Witt Jr. Does everyone also know that Bobby Witt Jr.'s dad won a ring with the Diamondbacks? I always forget about that. Like, I literally forget that he played for the Diamondbacks. I didn't even remember him playing for the Diamondbacks. I was not he was on their World Series it. roster, pitched in Game Six. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Like those are my clearest baseball memories by far because like it's really like before you know solidified my my fandom of the team. And I do not remember him like pitching. I don't remember that at all. Game six is like did, didn't we like wasn't that a blowout in game six? Yeah. They so took RJ out of the game so we could pitch game seven. Yeah. So it was it was Oh, wait, no, actually, I do remember it. He, like, came in because it was, like, wasn't it after? It was 15-2. Um, yeah, it was, like, 15-2 when he came. Like, you know, he, it was, like, pretty already high scoring when he entered the game. So, um, that's why I don't remember that. Like, it was, like, I think I, it was just, like, the exhaust valve being released in, in game six after three really stressful games in, uh, or two really stressful games in New York. It might have been Bobby Witt's last game in the big leagues. That game six appearance. It might have been. Yeah, the Royals, I think, are coming to Chase Field, so maybe get Jack to ask Bobby Wood about Junior about that. Yeah, last season was with the D backs. Bobby Wood Junior. He's going to be a superstar. It's unfortunate that he's on the, the Royals. Yeah, you never know. The Royals have found the. The Royals won a, have won a World Series recently. I think once they have talent, and they have some talent on their roster, they just don't have enough. Yeah, tell that to like my Royals. You know, I have a friend that's like a very the problem like, is die, the, he's a diehard Royals fan. The bullpen and their rotation, and their rotation, their pitch, their pitch. There's despite a huge investment in pitching, it's not worked out for them. <laughs> he he called me in the middle, like the early part of the offseason. He's like Wesley, who are like good Royals pitchers? That's so no, like, who else? He's like who in the farm system? Who who Wesley? Tell me, I need to know. So I need to know if I can pair or not. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, dude. And I'm like, I spent some time looking. I was like, there's there's like some guys, but not like, not like the, like our, our four that we assembled. I don't think there's really one in that, in that level of quality. I'm the Royals. I bet on Gavin cross. I think he's going to be a very good player. Yeah. He's, he'll be good. He's already touching 110 exit velocities. And and Oh yeah. (laughs) First full season. He's probably the best. By He's our best, best prospect like, by a country mile. Yeah, yeah, country. country Put him in mile. center field next year, kind of thing. He's their opening day. He could be their opening day center fielder next year. What? That's crazy. Yeah, their top That's pitching crazy. prospect is Ben Kurdna. I don't even. Second rounder from the twenty-one draft. Well, level high school guy. It's going to take a while for him to get there. Oh, he may not even get there. I'll be real. <laughs> so, I don't see a lot. Of, I don't see a lot of great pitching in their. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I told them. I, I was like, I don't know, man. I looked. I don't. I don't know what I told. Look through the numbers. I gave it a a good Nick solid Lockton's go. A, and I did Nick not Lockton's find. He's probably a super utility guy. They've not been good at drafting pitchers. Like I actually like 
they did assemble a very nice core of talent that they they developed themselves. They also got kind of lucky with Cosmer and uh, Mustakis in that draft. Yeah, they, they took a big jump on Lacey and it hasn't worked out. Asia Lacey. Yeah. I mean, um, it kind of comes as unsurprising. Like, he has a. Like, you. Coming out of Texas A&M, he looked like the best pitching prospect in the 2020 draft, but he's had a 7.09 ERA in his career. Well, he made uh, 2019 starts in his pro career so far. I don't know if I don't know if he has. In, I'm going to check to see if there's an injury, but still, left-hander that had overpowering stuff. Maybe they should just make him a closer kind of thing and try and salvage his career. Kind of that's what it kind of looks like. Shoulder back injuries. Yeah, I think oh. I think he's now. I think he's a reliever now. Would be a best oh, suit to put in the bullpen and just have overpower guys that way. Yeah, the Royals they need help there too. The Royals probably need a even if he doesn't work out as a starter. I feel like if he works out as a reliever, that makes him significantly better. So uh, what's uh, top I, pitching? I know they took Frank Mazzucato one pick after the D backs took Lawler. Yeah. It definitely caught everyone off guard when it happened. Yeah, that was very baffling at the time. I guess they were looking for a Blake. Wal- I think they were looking for a Blake Walston. I guess. Which yeah, was, I like. It's like Walston's more of a tw- guy that should be drafted in the fifteen to twenty-five range. Obviously, the D-backs did that. Yeah, I think they were like trying some- to do copy Houston strategy, but that doesn't really work. The the uh, Michael Leah strategy for the draft. It only works yeah. when you have a top five pick, in my opinion. Once you yeah, get past no, top five, just take who's there. That's pretty much the only way you can do it. There's very few years where there's enough like, uh, like talent available to be able to pull that like strategy of like, oh, you know, like I that's a, it was a reach. A lot of like the that kind of yeah, you're like to the like where we took like Walson. That's where that strategy is appropriate. Like you have to like. Well, Walson signed up. For just under a little bit under slot, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, um. Well, you can make an argument on talent alone. You should have been taken there. Yeah, I think so. Like that's it. it I don't know. The Royals are just. I. I it really seems like they are incapable of developing good starting pitching. If you look like other than singer. there was. Uh, no, that's I mean it. like even. The last 20 years, it's like uh, obviously Zach Greinke, but he's kind of special. Um, Greinke's a Hall of Famer. By all definitions, the word Zach Greinke is a special player. Special in a good way. <laughs> a good way. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, love Zach, I love Zach Greinke. I love his personality. Um, like, you know, you think of like me, there's a lot of Royals pitching, pitching butts, like uh, Luke Hotchavar, family. Yeah, uh, they took a Hoshaver was a very safe Hoshaver, profile, yeah. but obviously safe profile doesn't. You can still miss a safe hey, profile. Hey. Yeah, like that isn't like. I I think it's like. Although, give him credit, he was a key piece to their World Series win. I for, yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, you say that he was. So, who was the player that that pitcher that died? That's the one I can't think of that the Royals developed. Royals pitcher, uh, Jordano Ventura. Yeah, Ventura. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he he was, was very good. At, he was a very talented um, pitcher, but I felt like there was always a screw loose with him. Yeah, it's kind of like with uh, the Mar- the the Marlins guy. Um, 
can't think of his name either. I'm just drawing a blank right now. Um, you know what I'm talking about? I had a boating. Uh, uh, Jose. Uh, um, I can't think of his name. Is he, is it, he died in a boating accident. Jose Fernandez? Nah, Fernandez yeah, Jose Fernandez. A screw loose kind of guy, but he certainly had some demons. Yeah, he liked to party. It seems like. I mean, he was like uh, out with his friends on a boat. But like, that's the thing is like uh, the Marlins are in a similar situation too, where they've this they they have very few uh, pitchers that they've uh, developed that are. Uh, well, like, except I, mean, for I guess if Marlins you are credit for Alcantara, but yeah, recently re, the Marlins have better success recently. Uh, they really need to have like poor oh, hitting development. Well, uh, they've got a pretty promising pitching prospect in their system with uh, Yuri Perez. Yeah, he is excellent. Yuri Perez. Um, so it, foot, it's he's like he's six foot eight, two twenty, and he hit. And he can hit 100 miles an hour with a 90-mile-an-hour changeup. Where did okay. the Marlins find these people? I don't know, man. Some of us, some like, this is not hiding in the rocks. Alcantara is basically Greg Max plus 10 miles an hour now. Yeah, he's he is really, like, that, uh, he had a complete game, which is, like, uh, yeah. rare, like, recently, which is, like, <laughs> you're seeing. Not for he, him. He's, he's, it's he's, yeah, not year. for yeah, he had seven last year, but like other than uh, Alcantara, there's really not a lot of guys going to like complete games. It's it's like the guy just throws easy gas. Like he's not even he's not even he doesn't even look like he's throwing close to max effort. And that thing's coming in, in the upper nineties with sink. Out of the four, uh, our four pitching prospects that we constantly talk about, who do you think has the best chance of success of beating being that innings eater guy? But that's why he's the highest. Yeah, okay, I agree. I figure it was a consensus, but it's like, you don't. It's like you, you're trying to. You don't are overcomplicating something that's just obvious by just yeah. the out of the other th- out of the other three. Jameson's <laughs> pro- Jameson Nelson aren't really innings eater kind of guys, in my opinion. Yeah, because Jameson's a max effort thrower all the time. And well, no, Jameson Nelson are max effort throwers all the time. Although Nelson does, obviously doesn't look like he is. I think Walston actually has a decent chance of uh, of well, doing that. Actually, if he uh, gets his, gets his stuff to click, you know. Sandy Alcantara is two hundred pounds. So are you? Yeah, he looks a lot bigger than two hundred. I'm. I weigh like two twenty. So, um, like muscle yeah. weighs a lot more. Like they have like they have a lot more muscle on them. these guys. Like there's no way. Like your frame of reference. Like look at a guy like. Like me, I stand up. We have on the on the podcast. Like I'm very like tall person. I'm very big guy. So like this, that's there's no way. You're basically the same size as Yuri Perez. Okay, so yeah, Alcantara, Edward Cabrera, and Perez are all taller than six foot five, and at least two hundred and seventeen pounds. Because we don't buy the fact that we don't agree that Alcantara is two hundred pounds. He looks much stronger than that. So yeah, He's these guys all deep. throw 100 with 93 mile an hour change-ups. Of course, the D-backs kind of have a guy. It could be just wiry strength, too, because Castro definitely looks 200. Oh, yeah, no, Castro looks like he's maybe 200, like, soaking wet. Like, he's not, like, a very, like, that is wiry strength. I think he's, like, one of those guys that's much more natural 200 than 
than you know like some of the other guys. Like I guess you can work, you can work, like build up your velocity. Like that's actually a myth that you can't increase velocity. Uh, I like think it's easier them. to throw hard when you're that tall because yeah, there's more energy going into the ball. Yeah, and obviously, and it, well, it, I mean, measuring release velocity doesn't matter. I mean, some of it is is actually like like the the bigger and taller you are, like the longer your limbs are at the very least, uh, and the longer your legs are, uh, you have more leverage. Like there's like this physics, like you're basically like a a biological sling uh, when you're when you're pitching. I wonder if Castro worked with Randy Johnson because obviously his strike throwing is a lot better than I've seen in the past. That I, that, I mean it, he he seems they very kinda, consistent. Yeah, I was gonna say they have similar problems early in their careers. One ended up, ended up in the bullpen. Obviously, the other one became a Hall of Fame starter, arguably best left hand. No, actually, Evan. Did, well, no, but you should. We say arguably, but I only say that to leave a qualifier out. But the best left-handed pitcher of all time, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, okay, so who the other people that the, that the other left-handers that people talk about are like uh, Lefty Grove, uh, yeah, Walter John, Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson was right-handed. And, oh wait, not Walter. Who am I thinking of? There's someone else I'm missing. Then. If you say Koufax, I'm going to say not long enough a career to compare. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I'm going to say Koufax. Steve Carlton, um, maybe? Maybe not? No. If it's not um, Steve Carlton, then it's nobody. There's no one. Yeah, it's pretty much, that's it. It's like Lefty Grove. and uh, Nobody. There isn't anyone alive that can tell you how well, what they remember from Lefty Grove. There might, Lefty there Grove didn't m- have nearly as many strikeouts as Randy Johnson. Although. Yeah. I will qualify. Nope. There weren't a lot of strikeouts back then, too. This is an era where 200 strikeouts led the league. Wait, there was an era where 200 strikeouts led the league not too long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that Randy Johnson was like like over 300, like like four nobody seasons, can get, four seasons nobody, in a row. Nearly gotten, 400 one season. 372 is his career best. Yeah, that's insane. I, I don't think we'll ever see that. Like, we'll, we'll ever see that. During the honestly. peak of the steroid era. RJ uh, was striking with, fools out. I think maybe like there's there's two things with the pitch clock that like it affects it. Like one, the fact that you can't really catch your breath, um, and it's like a constant pace. Like on one hand, like uh, not having to have that like tension of like you know in between pitches, all the extra time that does fatigue you. But like having to throw a ball every you know what, what is it, like twenty seconds. That's uh. That's also very fatiguing. Or in the case that the starting pitcher has it, you could just blow away a lineup. Yeah. Momentum works so, both ways. Now it does. People talk about momentum. Yeah. I mean, look at what the look what he's doing to the Brewers. I mean, that's how it works in the other direction. Yeah, it's kind of uh, crazy seeing like these like I've I've been just watching highlights of it like where like it's the team teaming off on like you know. The momentum built really easy, really quickly. It snowballs just like completely out of control at times, and it's uh, yeah. We've seen how the Dodgers have been affected by this pace. Oh, I've yeah. never seen them look that unraveled in a game ever. Like oh yeah, I know. It was like it was like children. Like like if you put a bunch of children on <laughs> like a major league, uh, you know, field. And uh, you're like, hey, play these guys. And they're like, oh, my God. I guess there's like 
you're gonna steal a base can you do that what's that and like it's like so they were like it just they were just very like i don't think yeah. they expected the diamondbacks to be that good i don't think the dodgers are that bad the, Do- the dodgers have a very fatal flaw that their catchers are not very good at throwing guys out and unfortunately that matches up to the matchup that played out as expected this weekend yeah like the dodgers the dodgers haven't coming into play today all 13 stolen base attempts against them were successful i would say eight or nine without were uncontested like we had yeah, a double it, steal yesterday where jose herrera stole a base i think the uh without a throw the, the gms like hate uh, it, like mike hazen who acquired uh catchers who have really good like cannon for arms were well, very wise to do so good, period well, he's very good, but there were other catchers on the market. I'm sure that they could acquire because there was some some interesting one. And one thing I noticed is he like out of all the top catching prospects and uh, you know just like who's available, he by far had the best arm. So I think it's like credit to Mike Hazen for well, for I mean there's better. I don't know. Gabriel Moreno is a really great prospect. I mean, it, Moreno it, probably was the only catcher prospect even on the market in the first place. Yeah, I mean, he could have. He could have got the other two. They were probably because, you know, he could have. Uh, they could have traded for one of the other the other catchers on the Blue Jays. I'm sure, like it was like no, it would have cost. It, the, I was gonna say, Varsho trade was always going to include Moreno. The only question is who else was coming in the deal if it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, you got a good point there. Um, no, but like I, it's it's really like that. You can see the teams that do not have good. Uh, like uh tool like catchers that don't have good tools for throwing out base runners uh really they have been teed off and it's like clearly it's not even necessarily the pitcher it's the catcher that's contributing to it guys that can't get the throw off quickly i know varsho doesn't have a strong throw natural throwing arm but he one of the things he did well as a though. catcher is he could get the ball out quickly and that's what matters because yeah. he, he was yeah, so quick really- he had such a quick release it was getting above average pop times to second base, despite yeah, no, I, yeah. his arm was weak. But the rest of everything that you want in a catcher, oh my, for... Wade Miley just got a pitch timer violation. Oh, of nice. all the pitches I expect to get it, I would never have expected him. Wade Miley, that's uh, he's he really yeah. worked pretty quick. He worked pretty quick generally. Yeah, that's the that's the irony of it. With. <laughs> The guy's pace is like eight seconds, probably normally. Yeah, no, it's that's that's weird. I don't know the game on, but um, it's uh, it's kind of, it's kind of funny that like whatever you I like the violations on who who violates is always very random sometimes. Like it's not who you suspect. Yeah. Um, well, let's see if the Dodgers have thrown somebody out in the Giants game. Actually, Giants don't run. No, yeah, I wouldn't think that the the, the, the yeah, Giants would be they did get they got well. It was a pick. It was picked off first. That doesn't count. That that should say that should say something. <laughs> like in terms of the Giants' uh, base running skills, the first it, it runner the Dodgers got out on the bases this year was by the pitcher. <laughs> That's too funny. So anyway, like, we've stalled for enough for, time. Let's move go on, for yeah. Let's move on to uh, prospects of the week. Let's talk about guys that had a very good first week in the minor leagues. We'll start off with Ryan Bliss, second baseman from and Double A Amarillo. Oh, what do you think? It, 
I'm I'm very uh, I going into the season. I he was one of the guys I expected to rebound. It's very good to see him have success because he's been like literally the best, or like I mean one of the best uh, hitters in terms of just like uh, qualified hitters. And uh, to see him, he's got a great glove, and if he can hit at all, he will stick at the major leagues. Doesn't, like, if he's a big average hitter, he's a four-war. I think he's going to be a, at least a four-war guy because of the glove, and he can run. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like he's, Quite a bit too. He'd fit in it. with the, uh, the <laughs> M- MO of this roster. Fit in cleanly. Like, fine. I think uh, Perdomo and Ryan Bliss, or like even like Lawler will get there eventually. Lawler will be on the infield somewhere. Maybe not shortstop, yeah, but that's because I think Perdomo will, will move him off short. More so than anything. Yeah, I, I kind of see that. that. I don't really see, uh, like, I don't think I think. I mean, we really have like a lot of other third base prospects, and uh, Lawler would be fine. I think he would be fine at, at third base, and his bat's good enough. Certainly, um, it'd be better at shortstop. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's a nice problem to have, and yeah, uh, they're gonna have. A lot of they're gonna have a lot of good problems with their infield. Lawler had a great week uh, opening week too. Like let's yeah, see, let's, three for ten with a home run. Mm. That's why I say the bat the bat play. <laughs> we know the bat plays. The bat will um, play. I think I think like even the third. I don't know. I mean, I don't think his bat's good enough for like a first baseman or a DH. Like, his bat's good enough to play any position. Yeah, really. No, it's, it is very good. I think it's like I mean, we don't really have any third base third base prospects that are. Uh, like have terrible. converted shortstops is your best third base prospect. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> not a, nice a bad prospect. thing to have. Nice. Yeah, Ryan Bliss though and Perdomo would make like one of the best uh, defensive, like shortstop and uh, second base pairs yeah, that we put on a put on a field. Honestly, probably the best up the middle combo si- since uh, Nick Ahmed and a slightly leaner Cattell Marte in twenty eighteen. I, 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 yeah, no, I would, I would say it's better than that. Like, yeah, n- n- I, yeah, Ahmed I think, good, uh, I think Perdomo probably will be a better shortstop defensively eventually than, uh, than Ahmed, Ahmed was. I think they're team. on the same level now. That's my opinion. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think eventually he's going to be like, he's going to get even better. Like, he's still very young. Um, I feel like I this just, is the first season where, they're they're playing him the way they should have in the past, and that's not Perdomo's fault. He was basically Speak. forced forced to play it. Probably more, he was over. I would say the last couple of years, the reason why he struggled is overexposed a little bit. Yeah, more so. I think the way they're playing it this year is the way it should have been. Speaking it's, of, it's, I just got a hit. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Speaking of, um, yeah, Ahmed's been great this year. Middle infielders, Blaze Alexander uh, has had a great start. Two homers um, on Saturday. Yeah, he. That's. Uh, I think he, I, there's only. I think there's only other, one other player who has more, and that's uh, Caleb Roberts has three. Uh, and he's like has kinda, three home runs. Someone has three home runs. I, I sorted by. I Not sorted by home runs. It would have to be somebody in Reno. There's just not enough at bats to get three home runs yeah. for someone in Amarillo. Yeah, no, so, it's got to be it's someone in Reno. It's got to be Kennedy. He leads. Yeah, it's Kennedy. Oh, it's yeah, no, it's Buddy Kennedy. You're right. Kennedy probably leads too. the entire system in OPS right now. It's 1683. 
Well, he's now 5'9". So now he looks like a middle. In- so now he, he has a mil- more of a middle infielder type height. He's definitely interesting. Yeah, no, it's a good problem to have him because he's like right at the, you he know, like big league pitching. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I think I think that uh, Kennedy has been underrated a little. I think he's overmatched in his little brief time in the major leagues. Um, eh, that's not surprising. Some guys just aren't ready. Yeah. Some guys just need to fail first. Yeah, look at look look at Perdomo. You know, he like flew through the system and then he got, you know. That's because went from double A, yeah, they went through double A to, to the big league. That's the biggest jump. So he like was not ready for that jump at all. And uh, now it looks like he's a he's the guy that we we saw before. You know, he yeah. was called up. I was gonna say this is the first season where they can ease him into an everyday role. He had to play every day out yeah. of necessity in the past. That's the case now, and I think we're seeing the seeing with a. Uh, where they're playing him in matchups that are much more favorable for him. He's doing well. That's why I, yeah, that's what I attribute it to. I'm trying to think James, Jameson Hill had a good start the other night. And, uh, yeah, and I think, is that, is that Amarillo or Reno? Amarillo. Amarillo, which I mean, still either way, the environment is, uh, yeah, I've gotten some good pitching in that starting pitching in Amarillo over that weekend. Albright was pretty good. I think it was their first their game one star that struggled. Yeah, no, your eye. Uh, he had a good start. Uh, I'm trying to think. But the only there's one of their standout, but it's bad, and it's yeah, first Drew Jones. From Hill. Uh, Drew Jones has just had one hit and a walk and seven strikeouts, and uh, it's one for twelve. I mean, yeah, only I two, it's only played two games. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I wouldn't compare him to Jordan Lawler coming out of the gate because, well, one, Jordan Lawler did something that we never would have expected a prospect to do. Yeah. After he got hurt, he took mental rest with Corbin Carroll at the uh, at Chase Field after he got hurt and was recovering from surgery. When they were both uh, recovering from their shoulder surgeries. It's such an interesting yeah. concept of like going through like the. I mean, it makes sense that that would greatly improve your hitting and like your pitch recognition skills and all that. Um, and it's like, I mean, it makes sense, but it's so, it's unusual thing for the, for, uh, Carol to, to do like, be like, you know, go out of his way. So yeah, when it comes to, that's why they gave him the big bucks. Yeah. It makes sense. He's a good influence on them. Uh, it's Waller's good to see. Would get, Waller's another kind of player. I would get, I wouldn't be upset if they gave a hundred million dollars to out of the gate either. Yeah, I actually, like- I out of the three, I, I, I would pick uh, Lawler and Carroll, not necessarily Drew Jones, depending on what he did in the offseason. <laughs> like, but it's going like, to be much harder to give Drew Jones an extension than uh, Lawler. Yeah, that's exactly the, the reason I'm saying that. Is like, I, Drew Jones, uh, I, Drew I just don't want to break records. Well, I mean, Carroll broke he, record too. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I just think that. Uh, out of the three of them, and it's no knock on like Drew Jones at all. I'm just saying that like Lawler and uh, Carroll have such like they're, they're they're just so head and shoulders above every other prospect in terms of like their their personal makeup and like the attitude they take to the you know. Just I think life. Drew Jones and, ranks high in makeup pretty well too, but yeah, I'm just saying comparing he's, like, it, set, I, it's like. But I would agree. You're talking about guys that you don't give a hundred grades. Hundred grade doesn't exist. But if you if it did, you'd give it to 
both Carol and yeah, Waller. Yeah, you, yeah, you would. And it's like, okay, so like Drew Jones, I give him like a 70 on the 80 scale. It's like he's not as a quick, fantastic. He's everything you want to see. Yeah. The only one question is you have is like sometimes. Uh, really, the only thing when, for Jones to develop is hit tool, and that's the hardest tool to develop. In my yeah. Opinion. Yeah, that's Whereas pretty much why. Carol and Lawler, they already had a plus hit tool going in. In fact, they're both of them were probably only need, didn't need much development with the bat in both cases because Jordan Lawler looks like a big league hit. What I've seen from Lawler here, he looks like a big league hitter. Yeah, every everything I've seen of him, when, like he at, he's not that far off of like being like other than like defensive, little defensive things. Defense is probably actually the easiest thing to work on of the tools. Since the reps is really what he needs. Like he hasn't been, uh, like he was at, like yes, he took mental right. He did all the the like the like, you can't. Like I would imagine, like I don't know how much like how much fielding he can do uh, with his like probably with his shoulder. Yeah, you need game reps. You need to be an actual like, you know, get the. <laughs> he just doesn't have it yet. It's like he'll get there. It just takes a little bit of time. Um. Plus, I think shortstop is the hardest position to learn at, learn outside behind catcher. Catcher's uh, the, its own, catcher's its own th- universe when it comes to difficulty, but once you get past that, I think shortstop's the hardest position to develop defensively. Whereas oh, Carroll yeah. obviously was already a gifted defender in center field, and but it's the outfield. It's you're not you don't need. There's fewer reps that you need to get good at in the outfield, in my opinion. Oh, you know, I it, like a lot of uh, playing middle infield. It's 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 just like practice. It's really, like it's really what it, it is in the outfield. You like, I mean, there's little things like it. How I many you don't really often have a chance to turn a double play uh, in the outfield, other than like if you've got a cannon for an arm or like you know a heads up play. But you have that very very often, and you have like you're probably the ball is hit to. Uh, I don't, I don't like the distribution, but like shortstop is like constantly hit too. So, you know, I think other than the first baseman and the catcher, like you're going to have, like those are the most interactions. And like, there's a lot of different, a lot of different things you got to do. Yeah. And the shortstop the, is the guy cutting the, the primary cutoff man in most plays. Yeah. As well. like you have, you're going to have tons of interactions, like compared to the other positions. So, um, like other than cat, like other than first baseman, but, um, like you know, like that's the thing is that there's like little things that like uh you have to do that you don't at, in an outfield and like it's gonna take him. I, Drew Jones is like uh he'll 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 fly. I mean he's he's his defense is big league ready now. Yeah, it's ready now. Lawler, I think that is not even that far. Off. I wouldn't even say he's that far off. I think he's like he should be ready by maybe even this season. He's coming up this season. It's only a question of when. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I, I could see them uh, just holding on to a rookie eligi- you know, eligibility for him. So, like, the same timeline we saw with Carroll um, makes sense. Unless they need him. If they're in a playoff race and, like, you know, something happens, I do see them calling him up. Unless he's like, especially if he's tearing up the, the, the minors, which is kind of. Well, if he tears like up Amber, he'll definitely be in the big leagues. But, like I said, three for 10 to start. I think is what it was. They actually wrote about him on MLB trade rumors for their pro- their yeah, yeah. prospect. <laughs> yeah, I was I was good to see. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like really other standouts other than the ones that we 
we've talked they're not about write about Ryan Bliss. They're never going to write about Ryan Bliss going seven for 14 with a home run and a triple. Yeah. Like, no, he's not, Bliss is not even a bad, he's not a bad prospect. Wasn't he? he just had like a bad, uh, you know, bad start. Just kinda, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Well, you know, he got away from what his success was and he's back to like, back to it. I, I was going to say Adrian Del Castillo looks like, uh, He's uh, figured it out so far after a really bad uh, season last year. Yeah. I'm going to say Gal Castillo's got some pretty good numbers. We, we talked about it. He had, he had broken hand, so uh, it can't be found. Yeah. Uh, Same thing. Yeah. Similar issue that Guriel suffered last year with Toronto. Well, in Guriel's case, it affected his uh, ability to drive the ball in the air. They still hit 290. That makes sense. Um, one thing with like a hammy bone injury is that it uh like holding a bat like hitting it's gonna hurt every single time you make contact with the bat. Like it may not hurt while you're swinging the bat, you know, like you're holding well, it. Unless you hit the as soon as you make contact, it hurt. Yeah, no, as soon as you like barrel a ball, it's gonna like yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. It's it, it'll kind of ring through the bat, it's still gonna hurt. Uh, it's when you hit the sweet spot of the barrel, it's when you don't feel anything in the bat. Okay, yeah, so maybe that's the exception, but like it's still like I would think that but we're talking it's really it's really gonna affect your ability to hit. We're we're talking what barrel rate. The best hitters, that's still what every, every six balls that's five uh five is not gonna hit the sweet spot of the barrel. Yeah, like, so when one like three. Yeah, maybe at best one out of like two out two thirds of your interactions with, with hitting are gonna hurt. Like that's uh going to affect your mental ability to to you know succeed at baseball so it's good to see that you know just the injury from the looks like you know he really like seems like he's uh a very different hitter than the one that we saw last year yeah yeah and also i think it helps because then that gives him a left-handed bat behind the plate you would make yeah a suitable backup to moreno oh yeah no he's he's a he would be if if his bat like plays like it did it uh, in college, um, year one, a, sophomore year of college, to be sophomore exact. year of college, yeah, let's, let's be obvious, yeah. So, but it would be better than, um, it, it, yeah, it, it would be uh, better than Jose Herrera's bat. I think so. I mean, Herrera's been surprisingly good this year, um, but. I think I think that's more. It says uh, like Del Castillo's got a good bat for a catcher, and he had like good defensive skills when we drafted him. So um, downs through five innings, the Brewers can't get um, the second base. Their two tries failed miserably. I love it. I love. I just love that we're seeing base running like that. Yeah. Um, the D-backs like only we have a monopoly. Only the D-backs have a monopoly on stolen bases. So we're doing like any other standouts to you in the, in the the last the first week of baseball really is what we just watched in the minors. I'm gonna say Luke Albright definitely earned some points oh, with that solid start as well. That's a good. That was a good one. Um, I totally have forgotten about yeah. him. He, yeah, Albright. Uh, had good like good. He's coming off an injury, so yeah. um, because he has some pretty sloppy numbers with uh, Hillsborough last year. Yeah, I remember. I remember getting blown out uh, a couple of times. So, like, it's it's not. A, no, granted, I would say Frisco is probably one of the better places to pitch in the Texas League. 
because you're not in silly you're not in silly ball weather like you are in uh Amarillo. Silly ball. Yeah. Blurns ball. I'm calling it I'm calling it silly ball weather. Amarillo makes Core Field look like a pitcher's park. Yeah, I know. I really want to go spend a summer out and like driving around Texas and catching Texas League games. If that did not involve going to Texas, I'm sorry, but um, well, there, it's a lot. It's a lot. Dri- it's like, a lot driving. That's my real problem. Every every park is like 900 miles. Well, actually, the closest park is probably Amarillo. Yeah, they're all really far away from. But you have to get on. You'd have to get on the I-20 or something like that. I don't remember. It's, but uh, um, I don't think there's any other like other players that stand out. I'm sure like we've forgotten about someone. Um. I know uh, Ronnie Gajownik got her uh, first win as a manager for Hillsborough. First two. I think Hillsborough's two and one. First two, yeah. She lost the opening day, and then they took the next two. I really wish Fangraph's board would work better, but I can try again. Yeah. Congratulations to her. You know, that's like she's making uh, really like she's making waves for like when people to like. There's no reason why a woman can't manage baseball. Like that's ridiculous to think that they can't. But like I, I mean, I actually think that there's zero reason why a woman couldn't like hit. Uh, you know, I, I see. I can see it possibly as high as bench coach, but I'm not sure about manager per se. Yeah, you might want someone who's been there before. To oh yeah, manage. you got you got a good point there. Like a good bench coach, you're right. Or you know, even any of the other like, uh, oh, any of the other like. Uh, coaching positions like oh, I don't really see why that would be in, like you got you would want someone who has had major league success to some extent who's been there so they can understand the psychology of the players and all that but eventually like that like I they got a lot of like give a, give, a, give a woman a chance to do it you know but I was I like a knuckleball a knuckleballer could it could it uh could succeed the major league levels if she could get like enough velocity or even like uh, I can see like a like an Ichiro style slap hitter having like a lot of success because they, uh, what you know, there's some guys. Uh, it's I all about on base percentage. If you hit for a high average, that's one. It's one way to get a high on base percentage. The other yeah. one's a lot of walks. Yeah, that's pretty much. A, if those would be the two things, I could see them. I, uh, you know, if she's got good enough contact skills, good enough pitch recognition. Those aren't those are gender. Actually, a woman probably has better. Some women have better eyesight than men. This based on non-genetics, so I don't see why that would. I think that'd be an advantage. Make pitchers go out of the strike zone too. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I just don't. I don't see anything like that's like gender specific, other than like muscle tone. You know, being able to drive the ball like the like thing, but like a lot of that's not even necessarily strength. It's just like, uh, it's physics more than anything. I would also Um, can see that. A lot here to hit us. A, a lot harder to hit a softball pitcher than it is a baseball pitcher. Oh, it is really hard to like, pitch, like harder. Have, to have to hit against like Ball's a, going this way. A softball pitcher who knows what they're doing, like is like much harder than using the perceived make velocity is actually silly. quicker. Oh yeah, it's not. The ball's it's actually this having way. whereas baseball actually having that way. Yeah, it is much harder. Than you would think to hit a soft like people like do not give softball pitchers enough credit like their stuff it's they're cl- standing closer to you and it's also much easier to throw underhanded it's, it's like it's uh less taxing on the arm to throw hard and also uh like I said like I was hitting at 
the arm, the angle of the ball's coming in is much different. Whereas where it's coming down with a, a baseball player, it's used to the ball coming down. is going to get surprised when the ball is actually coming up. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is I was looking into, uh, the, the amount of like, not like the numbers that like college, uh, like NCAA softball pitchers are like, they put up like, it's kind of like the numbers and like how many games are starting and the frequency and all that. And the only comparable is old Haas Radburn who coincidentally was throwing underhanded. Yeah. I don't think they started that, throwing overhand until 1884. How do yeah, I know that? He, because yeah. the Rays are doing stuff that has well, no sense. He was allowed. He actually like, and I looked into it further. He did not throw underhanded all the time. He would experiment. You'd be like, okay, my it's too, it hurts too much to throw underhanded, so I'm gonna throw overhanded. And he would try like sidearm. He literally had just like completely different. There's not a lot of like stories, only like, secondhand accounts and like newspaper clippings. But he, like he pitched like he had 70, 70 wins. He had like sixty nine complete games or something like that. Was that was ridiculous, cool. ridiculous numbers that will never happen again. It's over six hundred innings pitched, nearly seven hundred in was a season. The back then. I pr- probably not huge. I mean, you made sure like in the eighties at best. These people are like minors and run. stuff. I don't know how hard do you think people threw in the eighteen eighties, Michael? About as hard as you. Maybe I less. mean, now, now, yeah, probably like I someone who's like has zero training in terms of like pitching, you know, like actual pitching mechanics and has limited exercise like i probably couldn't throw a ball over like i don't know like 70 now at best uh with actual like training i i think someone could get it up to you know 90s i mean some of these guys like look at like rube waddell rube waddell trained by throwing rocks at birds that's not dumb rocks are heavier yeah no, the same he, thing he as throwing the, a medicine ball today he was on the farm and he threw rocks at birds the guy was an. I think the guy he was the the, the original pitcher on the spectrum, because uh, he he liked fire trucks and he run run for them apparently, and he would just like go off and fish for a day. Baseball players were a lot more weird <laughs> back then. Well, it wasn't a full time. It wasn't a full time job. They were making enough money, so you had like guys from all over. And um, it's one of the things I like about the World Baseball Classic with teams like like like. The, uh, Czechia, it's like they're like outside um, like the major baseball powerhouses where you have USA, yeah. Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Japan. Yeah. You see anyone? Yeah, I mean, even I Canada could probably field a team of 100% professionals. Yeah, pretty much. I like trying to think like the odds. Uh, Israel can too, because there's a lot of Israel, Jewish players. No, I mean, like, yeah, they could probably field a team. I mean, Steinmetz is a professional is. player. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why they couldn't. Like, I mean, it's like really like some like uh, the Latin America, like smaller Latin American teams that are on. Uh, like they're not like I mean like like a lot power. Like Colombia is is coming up. Nicaragua is coming up. Um, like they just don't have like the attention from scouts or like the developmental money to really like have produced major leaguers. That's because like, they don't produce as well as Venezuela, and they're more poor and more more. I would say more strife going on in those countries. Oh yeah, no, it'd be very hard to 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 Maybe one less with Colombia. I think there's travel restrictions on on Nicaragua and Honduras and um, I think El Salvador. I'm sure, but I mean, there's no like I don't understand 
Actually, I do understand Brazil is uh, a similar situation. There's been like a few Brazilian, like the Diamondbacks have signed, I've signed a few of them, but they've none of them have really. Uh, I mean, Young Gums like is the only Brazilian big leaguer. Yeah, that's a whole lot. That's because all the game. best athletes in that country play soccer. Yeah, they, I was going to say, yeah, they play soccer. A few of them play basketball now. Um, but like, it's still baseball lags behind in third. Um, I'm just like, they just need to put the. It's like baseball to Japan, like football is for us. That's why I love the World Baseball Classic because one, we're like, like soccer players get it. They're like, oh, it's, it's awesome. This is like the baseball's World Cup. I understand now. And then they don't understand the World Series. They're like, why is it named that? That's still really confusing then. Um, but uh, I think they just, it actually like the detention of like, you know, a senior own country, even if it's like guys that like are electricians or like what, like the random jobs of the smaller teams, like that, that actually will bring attention to people that want to, like kids who want to play baseball now. They want to, you know, have, you know, they'll be interested in it just to see their own countrymen doing it like i think you know now like we know how i feel about that and uh i'm i'm happy to like it really like it's it's gonna be exciting to see like what comes out of the world baseball class because there's some kid who's watching it who saw in the czech republic in 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 czechia okay who was inspired by that and he's gonna start playing baseball now whole generation now we got that one never know signed and you know what? They're super tall. They could be the next. They could be the next Randy Johnson. You know, check the check Randy, <laughs> the, the check Randy Johnson. You know, <laughs> let's not. Let's. It. We're talking about the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time. Let's not compare. Okay, he'll be coming. He'll be right-handed. Okay. <laughs> no, I. I think we'll like never have it, a pitcher like Randy Johnson again. Well, it's because the, it's, teams will just never allow that. Well, it's biased too because like most. Uh, college recruiters and like you know sports recruiters and like they want to they if you're tall they want you to play basketball like i had that problem they kept trying to make me play basketball i'm like i'm not that coordinated and maybe throw hard that's about it and um if you if you're like coordinated enough and athletic when you're really tall like it was unusual it's unusual how tall like like you think of all the really like well-coordinated athletic super tall guys they all play basketball and that's usually like the skills that they, they seek out. There's not a lot of guys like Randy Johnson who, like, were, like, you know, got taken oh, over. Yeah, to, to put, the strike zone so big. Yeah. What is the score? Let's uh, three nothing. Walker just hit a home run in the top bottom of the fifth. Oh, nice. Okay. Let's wow. Hit all over the yellow line because the thumbnail is Garrett Mitchell throwing the ball back into the infield. Are the Diamondbacks good now? That's a legitimate question. That's, I know. Are the Diamondbacks good now? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I want. That's what I'm asking you. Beat Milwaukee in this series, and I'll buy it. I remember, would too. We didn't necessarily think the 2017 team was going to do something, but then they swept Cleveland, who had, was coming off a uh, AL pennant. That's when I started yeah. buying in. It's like, oh shoot, they might actually be good now. Oh no, I think that's really like the questions that I had are like mostly are like, are we being too optimistic? I mean, they're you pretty know, much being thrown into the fire from the beginning. That's the thing. And if they win you know one what? game in this series, they're no worse. Than fi- they're over 500 in the stretch. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, I think, like, really. I believe eight and five way much better than seven and six. Yeah. I would be if they if they can win. If they win this series against. I'm still I'm still skeptical until we get into, like, May, honestly. 
hell, and your strikeout plus whiff rate is incredible. There's, I've, we, we've had the seasons where like the Diamondbacks have a great, you know, April, and then they get that's to only May. Twice. Yeah, that's only it. Still happens. It's one of those things. Until we do it, you do it. Like they could still everything could go wrong, you know. But no, I'm really optimistic, and I think that um, the problem is that a lot of people are being a little too pessimistic uh, in terms of player development. Year. Yeah, I know it was twenty. Yeah, they got the they got the juju sports juju going of uh, it being an anniversary year. Maybe we'll also do it in the Rays. How about them Rays? Okay, I. Uh, mm-hmm. The Red Sox were the first team to actually give him a game this year. Uh, yeah, shout out to I'm Still Hungry 95, who's who threw that on Twitter. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool to see those two teams square off. I have wanted that since I heard of the two teams when they were announced in 1996 or whatever. I was like, oh my god, they're like twins. They should play each other in the World Series. <laughs> Unfortunately, the D-backs played the Rays in the World Series. They get swept. You're separated at birth. Yeah, no, right now, absolutely. The <laughs> hey, Rays are a way... serious to not even be in it. They've, in had, a, they've had a week. They've had a really weak schedule, though. Like, Diamondbacks have had a much... I think I buy the Diamondbacks being good more than I buy the Rays well, being that good. The Rays are... Well, the Rays have a weak schedule, and they're annihilating their opponents. Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying they're a bad team. I'm not saying that yeah. this, this isn't real. Like, I'm just saying that I don't buy that they're... I, uh, whether 10-0, 11-0. Yeah, the Red Sox... Pushed the they beat the Red Sox made it a game against them was one nothing. Well, obviously the, they so have the, the pitching. So so they, it was it eleven zero or ten zero now or ten and one. Ten and zero. Rays haven't lost. And okay, so, oh yeah, the run differential plus fifty eight. Yeah, that's the more impressive thing is that run differential. I've never like don't see that normally. Uh, All right, how like much of this Oakland? Oakland's bad. Like they're barely like they're 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 tanking, dude. I hate to say they're going for the straight up tank. There's no reason some of those players should not be. Um, well, think about it this way: they were going to lose Sean Murphy by the time they were going to be good again. So you might as well did, trade him at peak yeah. value. They traded away all like literally. It's one of those times where people like they like, trade away all the good players, and like they really like they they're every it, single fan's real like complaint made real. At least do at least get at least do it in a steady. I'd rather it's like at least do it in a steady stream instead of all at once. That's what the fans would probably want. Yeah, so yeah looking at the I, race schedule. Uh, so against Tampa, I mean against the Tigers, outscored them twenty-one to three, and that was the opening series. And they played Washington, and they and that and then they won by four. Four and five. That's uh so that was twenty one three plus eighteen against the Tigers and then plus thirteen against the Nationals and then against Oakland plus four plus eleven plus eleven. So oh, they're crushing. Yeah, no, they're legit. I hate to say it, but yeah, no, the Rays. The Nationals legit. have given them the toughest series yet. Although the Red Sox. What what is that. what is the Yankees on uh, record? Uh, the Yankees. I heard Volpe is looking really pretty good. Yeah, no, Yankees just look- lost a, cl- a close game to Cleveland today. Okay. If you ever want to figure out what's up with the what's up with Cleveland, just follow Bernie Leskoff on Twitter. Oh, I do. I do. You I won't do miss a thing. Them. I follow like all the like the really like hardcore fans that are like at least the nice ones, you know. Too serious. And uh, 
Okay, so the Yankees have all th- uh, won all three of their series going into the Cleveland series, so they were 6-3 and three going into that loss to Cleveland. Yeah, so oh, they raised... Just pro- look at the standings? Yeah, look at the standings. They can tell me everything. That can tell you everything, Michael. Everything we're talking about, at least. Maybe we can look at run differential. The Yankees are plus 18. Like I said, Baltimore gave them a tough series, even though they won it. Yeah, Baltimore's almost Baltimore, in the same predicament the D backs are in. They're playing. They some really tough are. Parts. That's what I've been saying. Is like Baltimore. Baltimore is like kind of uh, like our tank brothers. They are. They are tank brothers. They've. Uh, they're like going to be good at the same time. I think for the next sort of stretch of you know, oh, uh, at least the, the rest of the decade. Really, what like I see like the Diamondbacks been like. Window of contention if they continue on um, developing these prospects like they have. Like if you get Lawler signed to a long term extension, uh, you get Moreno signed. Get a Moreno's gonna be a tough sign because you don't know how to project the catcher. I would buy out his Arbiers and then maybe get like one free agent a year, year, a year, year of free agency mutual and and like a club option for another yeah. free agency year. Here's a here's a fun stat for the Orioles. The Orioles have five wins. Kyle Gibson has three. Wow. He was their opening day starter. He's he's a guy who's kind of flying under people's radar. Yeah. I know there was some outrage when he made their, when he was named their opening day starter, but hey. Oh, yeah. Three and out with a three four four ERA. Who's complaining now? Yeah, no. I don't. Baltimore is, is blessed. Like in terms of their prospects, that they have they have a fantastic. It's the only farm yeah. system I'm really a little jealous now. of. Huh. Rush, well, that's even after Rushman. There's yeah, no, even after like yeah, Gunnar Henderson is no joke either. Dude. When was the last like when was the last time you had a catcher that could impact a team like that? Posey, yeah, no, he's a yeah, Posey, yeah, Posey? maybe Mauer, Mauer, prime peak Mauer. Well, Posey came after Mauer, for, so. You know what? Moreno reminds me more of of uh, Mauer than anyone in terms of like yeah, his. If like, you get half of Joe Mauer's career, you want that was a great trade. I would be so happy if he was like. I don't like care if the, he hits ten homers. If he plays good yeah, defense no. and hits for a decent av- average and draws his walks, that's an all star catcher. In my that's kind of that's kind of what they were saying. Uh, like before, like just looking at his, his scouting profile and like, yeah, he was definitely pressing the first week of the season. And then when he got that hit against the Dodgers on Friday night, it felt like, okay, comfortable now. All right. That's more what I was expecting out of him. Yeah. He's, he's coming at the Diamondbacks overall. Like they're really like the young guys are really like, uh, Hazen has, has made some very good bets. The only like Kyle Lewis, unfortunately, like he's, uh, is he? I think he's on like he's like injured list right now. Yeah, was it illness. Like, illness. He's uh, probably going to need illness. a rehab assignment. So he's just been sick. He'll be uh, a rehab. So that's why Payton. Yeah, but Smith might. <laughs> he might not. He might not be brought back if Smith did what he did yesterday. Yeah, Payton is. Uh, like Smith didn't lose that. It, it did nothing to lose out that battle. It's just Kyle Lewis kept putting holes yeah, in the wall. It says more. To like about like how good Lewis was than like anything about Payton. Like it's just like it's like comparing Gonzo with Barry Bonds, like we were talking about earlier. Like it's like Gonzo season. That's legendary. Fifty-eight home runs. That's MVP at, caliber. Any other year? At, at any other year, he would have been MVP. Okay, but maybe no, not last year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. 
So if he was competing, it's like yeah, nine war season. Or like uh, Aaron Judge, uh, it's like similar kind of caliber season. Like that's, or whatever Mike that's Trout the, put up at his peak. Yeah. So I, I mean, I the Diamondbacks have just really like everything's going well right now in terms of uh, like the guys rebounding. You're you're, you're starting to see. It looks like Gallon's having a good start, which is we were questioning. Uh, if he's already through adjust. six. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, he's flying, he's flying by. Looks like he's adjusting the pitch clock to me. Are there any pitch five clock violations for Gallon? No, the only pitch no, time right? violation goes to the fastest worker in the big leagues. Yeah, so there you go. Talk, I don't think that. Is, actually, I think it, spent thirty seconds talking about that. Earlier. Yeah, no, like I, I thought it was in the I, I the snake the snake pit roundtable. Sunday we're talking about like uh, some other uh, uh, some other writers were talking about uh, Gallon or Kelly being questionable, just like not having like, the greatest uh, start yeah. to the year. And I, I think, think Gallon was struggling with the pitch clock his first two starts. Kelly definitely, I think, was impacted by his last start in the WBC. Oh yeah, I think that's really more what it is. Um, but really, no, I, I think that the pitch clock Gallon's figured it out clearly tonight. Um, if he's in the six and it was three, three, nothing still. Yeah. He's through six shutout. Yeah. So Nine yeah, no, that's, that's overplayed. Um, I think like most of the players is not a long-term. It's a, not a long-term concern. Well, um, I mean, guys are going to adjust obviously. Yeah. Not, some pitchers would just slow the game down when they, when they were in trouble. You can't do that now. That's probably where it hurts for yeah. both Gal and Kelly. Yeah. Both of any of the pitchers that like, uh, I will overly relied on that when they were like would run into trouble. I think yeah, Chafin's another one. But Chafin's pitched well. Chafin's pitched well. He hasn't really been squared up. You any you lose his guys, he walks guys. Yeah, but obviously one some of those walks were just where the batter just outlasted them. Like the Freeman walk against the Dodgers on Friday night. Yeah, it's it's Chafin, Chafin's. Uh, he's come around. Like there's really not. Well, there's not a whole lot of. Uh, like the, a lot of the questions, like like we had going into the season, seem to be like pretty much answered, <laughs> which is nice to see. I mean, uh, they're in a good place right now, honestly. So anyway, we'll go into the rookie of the rookie of the year race here and close it out with that. So, it, like I said, this is going to be a very. I think this rookie of the year race is going to be nuts. We already have three leading candidates, ten games in. To pay attention to two in the National League West. Obviously, Corbin Carroll's off to a. Pretty solid start. Now, if you can just learn, you can start walking again. Yeah, he'll come around. Although, I mean, there's, no, there's, there's no way he's not going to come around. I feel like Carol isn't drawing walks because he's getting. He's been hitting so much. Well, got a good slot. Uh, he's got a good ice, solid ice. So it's like the only time he has reached base without getting a hit is was a hit by pitch. Yeah, I'm surprised that he hasn't drawn a walk yet. He has really good plate discipline. Um. I, I think it's just—I think it's swinging at strikes early in the count is the thing. Yeah, I think some Although of this is—he's is been yeah, aggressive and he's had success doing it. You know, like that's gonna make you less patient at the plate if you're, if you know, you're a little too overly aggressive. It's which is, I mean, it's—it's it's paying off right now. I mean, if it's the style of baseball that you're seeing, it's like, uh, I think some of it, if they just like gave Carroll the leadoff hitting role, like that would like. I think that honestly increased the number of walks he's going to take. Think about it this way. They're batting him behind Christian Walker. 
Yeah. That's how much they think of him. They want they see him as Walker's lineup protection. I, I understand that. <laughs> it's like right. uh Of course and against lefties it's, it's Longoria. And my thing is is like I would like to see him, you know, get as many plate appearances as possible. And he's like, if you if you're gonna take advantage of his speed, it's basically like if he gets on base, he's gonna score. Yeah, especially with the best best hitters behind him, I'd rather like move move the like use the non traditional lineup structure and move to a more sabermetric focused uh, style of lineup. You know, where it's more based on like if you, if you were going with that base. style lineup, you should bat Carroll second. Yeah, I was gonna say not necessarily first, maybe second. Uh, I like Josh I maybe, spot. It works. I like Perdomo actually in the off. It would not be bad. He gets good when he actually has his. I like. I'll say this with Perdomo. I think batting ninth is probably the best spot for him because you want someone to get on base when the lineup turns over. Yeah, that's true. Um, But like, I think that we get better lineup construction. Uh, Like, why would you put the guy like Christian Walker is not very fast and Corbin Carroll is very fast. It's a steal. Yeah. yeah, Oh, you mean Christian Walker? Christian Walker actually runs the bases very well. Well, he runs the base as well, but like, why would you put one of your like? I bet, you I, take, mean, it, I bet he's above average at getting extra bases. Pro, pro, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, why would you put a guy who is faster uh, behind a guy than you know? Like, it's just like a speed thing. Like, you don't like. I don't know. It just seems weird to do that, where you like put like the super, like the fastest guy behind one of our. Your, I mean, not, it's his only comparison that he's slow. I was going to say it's for the lineup protection. They want to put, they want to put a bat behind a competent bat behind Walker. If you, outside of Carol, who would you put there? You're not putting Cattell Marte there. Yeah, no, you wouldn't put Marte there. You wouldn't. Yeah, no, it's really like. Cattell Marte makes a lot of sense for batting lead off in a non-traditional. I guess. I'm, lineup. Where would you, where would you put Moreno? Like Moreno's actually got like an underrated bat. Honestly. He's fine where he is. Like I said, don't yeah. put too much pressure on him. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely is one of those things where he has less pressure put on him. He's going to succeed more. He doesn't need to be that guy on the team. Against lefties, it's the line that's pretty easy to write. Against the righties, I think you're be- against right-hand pitcher. Who's your, after Christian Walker, who's your most competent bat? Yeah, it's, it's Christian Carroll. Really Carroll? Gurry- you're choosing between Carroll and Guriel. Yeah, maybe Guriel, but that's... that's uh, yeah, no, I guess you. I guess and you, you got would plenty put, of. If you want to go for a speed guy at the top of the order, you got plenty of options. You can put McCarthy there. Yeah, Jake McCarthy is 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 the, like the next best choice. So we're gonna have a good problem. It's like literally half this lineup is gonna be guys who are very fast. Like Alec Thomas is very fast. Don't He's not. Don't, oh yeah, don't knock Ahmed's speed either. Yeah, Ahmed's still a very fast guy. Perdomo's uh, surprisingly like he he us. Perdomo's not as fast as he would look for some reason to me. Like I was first percentile on sprint speed for Perdomo. Like he's fast, but he's not like he looks like he would like I uh, I don't know. There's something weird about him. Like I feel like he is running slower than he looks. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm rating him. I don't know. Usually, but, uh, is he, I don't think he's a long strider though as a runner. Yeah, no, but he's. We have a whole bunch of guys who are actually all really have above average uh, speed. And then you get like Drew Jones is like super fast. Drew Jones uh, would be the Lob- fifth fastest player on this team. 
Yeah, Waller's. Uh, I don't know what his like how fast, but I know he's above average in speed too. Waller's getting sixty run tools, but then again, so was Carroll until they had yeah. sprint speed metrics on him. Then they started giving him eighties. Yeah, so like this, uh, this lineup is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous in about two years with like them just the major prospects being that kind of speed. It's like other than maybe, uh, it's like Moreno and then like Bird's catching. Walker. Yeah, Walker's I guess. Like, yeah, unless they sign Walker to extension, he's going to be a free agent after twenty four. Do would you resign Christian Walker if he has another successful season? That's a good question to have, but not one to answer now. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I mean, on one hand, I think it's thirty-three. I mean, it'll be his age. No, he's thirty-two now, so it'll be his age thirty-four season. Yeah, I I just don't know if you go. Goldschmidt won an MVP in his age thirty-four season. I could see Walker giving you a good age thirty-four season based on his work ethic and how he. I think he could age well. I honestly think that he he'd age well. And I think that it would be a mistake to necessarily let him go, but I would not pay top dollar for it. Actually, one uh, one crazy idea with the uh, Walker is if he's amenable to it, one year plus option. Oh one yeah, I'd, I'd be fine. With, I'd be fine with that. Just go year best, year. One year plus best option would be perfect. Yeah, contract for next year. Hell, if they want to sign him to a two year contract, they want. <laughs> with the two-year contract idea (laughs) oh yeah but anyway let's get back to the rookie of the year race yeah it was uh, jordan walker jordan walker nine game hitting streak to start a career that's pretty pretty dang good Um, this is a good rookie of the year race we got our surprise candidate and james outman the two front runners well actually if you go by war i guess walker's not doing so good defensively because yeah. how do you have negative war with a 166 OPS plus? Nobody's going to look at defense. Wow. That's that's pretty bad. 353. He's, he's got an OPS of 994. Two homers. Well, he does have seven strikeouts. So that could be something to monitor. But it says the strikeout rate is... Oh, wait, no, never mind. Seven strikeouts is only at 18.9%. If he's under 20... He'll live with it. And he's blasting the ball and he's hitting the ball hard. Yeah, he makes too. really good he makes really good contact. I I see like he like he's definitely lives up he lives up to the hype. I I you know, I I was skeptical. The hype. I was skeptical. Yeah, his defense, that's that is uh that's an interesting wrinkle. Uh, Corbin Carroll may just like uh what's Carroll's war right now? Point like, two. Who's, like, what's point two? Point two. Uh, Let's see if I can get rookies. Yeah, I don't know if you can. Well, you know, Perdomo, Perdomo has been almost, almost worth a, a like one war in the yeah, week. <laughs> in was, the, the ten games. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah Perdomo but, is putting up value everywhere. Yeah, no, he's really. Like if you look at uh, it, so seven games plus four batting runs plus one base run plus three field and it adds up to nine runs above average. Yeah, that's. I love it. Um. <laughs> Like you know, what? I was gonna say short shortstop's defense tends to maybe not be as great early on, but then they get better. Like I said, hardest position to learn. Yeah, yeah. Most I agree. So, like I said, if Perdomo figures out shorts, if Perdomo becomes a close to a Gold Glove level defender at shortstop, I don't care how he hits. 
as yeah, long no, as it's not awful. You know, he's been like he's been great all yeah. around. Yeah, and he leads the team in and he also leads the team in walks, but we all know Perdomo can draw walks like the best of them. That's never been the question. He's drawing walks and when it's like yeah. overmatched. I think his exit velocity might be up this year. Why is it it's like yeah, it's up compared to last year, eighty two four versus eighty one five. Hard hit rate's down, but his line drive rate is way up. His line drive rate is obviously way up. I feel like this is like they should like Perdomo should never have been called up until like the beginning of last year. Well, under normal circumstances, this, this type of season would have happened two years ago. Yeah, this would be like two years ago he'd been called up. He would have been like rushed to the majors. He, I, I, I just you know I, I can you search by war on by rookies? Must have hit those triples in Colorado. Like I don't know yeah, who James like who else is. Outman's hitting two ninety. It has a twelve thirty five OPS. What is he ranked as? Everyone in the Dodgers has a high walk total. D-backs couldn't throw strikes in that first series. Oh yeah, it was it was uh, like they couldn't. They're, they're, they're <laughs> right. Yeah, no that 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 first series did not make me very uh, optimistic. The first series at first. Was bad. It was a bad bad start. Bad, and they somehow walked away with a split, despite yeah. not. <laughs> In both their wins, walking nine batters. I think that walking one. walking away with the split so far really has been like the the turning point of the season so far because the game has like they're playing like it's like two different teams. That they got destroyed by the Dodgers, <laughs> but walked away with a split. They outplayed the Padres and somehow yeah. walked away with a split, and then they did the same. And then they and then they and then they t- for the first time actually. Uh, they actually looked be- better than the Dodgers for the first time since 2017 in a series. Yeah, I think this is a turning point in the season, honestly. Um, Carroll's living up to the height of the rookie year. He may be still the front runner so okay, far. Fangrass so. has a rookie thing, so we'll check on that. So we're now we're moving in from B-War to F-War. Yeah. So James Outman leads in F-War. Joey Weimer, who's playing the Dimebacks tonight, although I'm pretty sure his war's going down tonight. Probably so that's as with the rest of the team's offense, but that's not not their fault. Yeah. And then uh, small sample size. Weimer's at point six. Miguel Vargas and his thirty seven percent walk rate is. Yeah, I was gonna say Var- Var- I would imagine Vargas would be uh, very high in war just from that. So it's Outman Vargas. And then uh, uh, next one is Garrett Mitchell, who's probably gonna see his war drop tonight. Mitchell's an interesting. Yeah. So yeah, Mitchell's interesting. I think he's like Carroll in terms of all the tools, bigger body, so more even more home runs projected. But he has a he's much worse at making contact than these other guys. You look at Walk, Walker has a nineteen percent strikeout rate. Yeah, compared to uh, Mitchell, who's thirty three percent. Last year, Mitchell was over forty percent. How much is Senga Senga been worth? I don't he's know. The I'm, only at really I'm only looking at hitters. Carroll's actually twelfth on the board. So yeah, Logan okay. O'Hoppy, but this is okay. Let's isolate National League. When you see Logan O'Hoppy on the leaderboard, it's like, oops. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That guy's <laughs> the leading hand in the AL. Okay, so Vargas and the Mi- Garrett Mitchell. You know who's next on the leaderboard? Oh, the, yeah. For F4 for rookies, Stone, Stone Garrett. Garrett. Stone Garrett. That's not you know our good friend. Is he still a rookie? Yeah. 
Wow, I didn't know. He shouldn't be, but he is. He shouldn't be a rookie. Um, that might be an error. I, that thing might, must be an error. Because that's not, like, I don't think he has rookie quality. I'd be surprised. Stone Garrett was on the team for two months last year and did not spend any time on the IL. Yeah. No, yeah. He's Baseball reference says 2022. Okay. Yeah, so that, that, so, okay. So then after Garrett, Bryce Terang. Man, no, Brewers, second, Brewers, another Brewer. The Brewers have a lot of content. I think it's going to start that they're like going to split votes if that's the case. Because it's like who's, seven who's innings, 11 Ks for Gallon. I'd say he's back. Yeah, no, it's fine. He's okay, been then fine. After, then after Terang, Alec Burleson, who's got some pretty solid numbers. 156 WRC plus, 0.3 F war. Alex Call for. Must be putting up good defensive value because he's only got 125. Carroll is at uh, 79 WRC plus, but that's because he doesn't have any walks, and I think he's being a little too aggressive. Like I said, yeah, I think Carroll's ahead of Walker. Good. Well, actually, they both have point two. Yeah, I mean, he certainly provides defensive value. So, um, and his base running is above average, obviously. Um, I think his his bat's going to come around. There's no way that Corbin Carroll is going to end up with a uh, a below average uh, OPS plus or WRC plus at the end of the year. Like, there's no way it's going to be anywhere like lower than 100. No. Carroll's hitting the ball much not. harder than last year. His last year call up. What would like it was. There might be balls that were dropped when his um, ground ball rate's down 4% from last year. So there may be. Like I said, the underlying metrics for Corbin Carroll this year are up. Wait, yeah, because I'm saying it will eventually factor it filter into the results. Yeah, no, I would be really surprised. Like if he like, like he just like some bad luck there, and uh, he'll come around. Like I'd be really surprised if he actually like has a bad season. Like that would be that'd be a first. (laughs) His defense alone is worth two WAR. Yeah, so. The only one I was like, I wanted, like, yeah, Cody's. Okay, Cody, so think, it's uh, at is X, X was 309, but on contact, it is 397. So StatCast is bu- buying a potential okay. breakout. He's just not, the results just aren't there yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, mean, I, just, I don't think that there's any, like, I think I mean, it would take a lot of bad luck for him to have a bad season. Yeah, it's just a matter of, I guess, being more selective. And Carroll's never had that issue in his career, so it'll ha- it, that's not too problematic. He'll, he'll adjust. Like he, he has all the tools capable, like and mental tools, and like he will he will adjust. He's gonna be as good as he was in the minors, which is, um, yeah. If he's that's uh, yeah, that, that's, I think I think the real thing here is that it's like way still way too early. Like we're like it's only been ten games, and like uh, off, yeah, like it's more about uh, who's for, entered the race. Like, for example, like uh, Jack, uh, Jack actually pointed this out uh, earlier today on Twitter to me is that uh, Perdomo, uh, like he could erase that war technically, like he could have like bad performance and like all that, like the almost nearly one war could all be erased at some point through bad hitting and or bad defense. And I'm like, well, yeah, you got to you got a point there. Yeah, it can it happen. Very- I'm not. Too worried, like I said, Perdomo's defense isn't necessarily a problem, especially since it seems to be Perdomo's defense is a lot better. And he, if you moved him off shortstop, he'd win a Gold Glove at either third or second. Of course, he doesn't have the bat for third, or, 
maybe not even the bat for second, but yeah. The thing so I like to still, see this year is more still early. I, I, I haven't seen it. Like the one thing that I like really wanted to see from him was like, like cleaner transition, you know, and his hand, like this is all hand, like it's really more like hand, hand work. I don't know. Like it's like that, the, the, the glove equivalent of, of footwork. I'm just like knowing I like to base it, like the motion of the transfer were like yeah. issues that I'd see it from him. And then those were like, those were just practice. So yeah, and, if you uh, look, so yeah, if you look at Perdomo's, uh, outs above average he's plus one moving to his left. That's plus one for yeah. the season. That's moving to his left. So okay. He's already contributed one more out than the average shortstop. Okay. Wow. That's good. La- that's good lateral. Uh, Last year was minus two moving laterally in each direction. Oh yeah. So he's definitely, he's improved in like his footwork and like lateral range. Um, so it just takes time. Like yeah, you it takes like time super- and he's 23. Yeah. He's still super young. Like, yeah, same is also yeah. true with his bat. He doesn't have his man strength yet. Yeah, he's still he like he's just now really like like most people are finished growing, like from your early twenties. Like uh, it's one of those things. Like that's where you get like the last like you really like can't really like tell how good a guy's power is going to be until they're like twenty four, twenty five generally. Yeah, by having him focus less on being uh trying to generate power and just focus yeah, on just. Be- the things he does best, he's generating more power. He's generating better yeah. exit velocity. And he's saying that yeah, he's saying that, but I don't think Perdomo's ever going to generate great exit velocity numbers. He's like I said, he's perfectly batting ninth because he's a competent, competent hitter that can put the ball in play and will draw and will put up a solid on base percentages. I wonder what the average nine hole hitter was in on base. We can look that up. Thank you, Fangraphs. Fangraphs is amazing. One of the things that got me back into baseball was fan craft. It was like, oh, there's so much data that you can use. Yep. Watch this. Split. We get spots in the order? Please tell me we get spots in the order. Yes, we do. It's literally the bottom sm- split in that menu. So the average nine, ninth place hitter in Major League Baseball last year, and obviously the offense is going to be up, 289 on base percentage. If Perdomo has a 289 on base percentage, it's a bad year. Yeah, for a guy that's a he's got a career three hundred two on base percentage last year was two eighty five. Okay, so he was average at getting on base. So that spot in the order. Let's flip it to this year. So ninth place hitter is getting on base at a two ninety clip. Okay, same. So just about, and he's. What's his what's his on base percentage this, this year? Five seventy one. But he's also hitting. Yeah, so I don't think that's gonna that's gonna last, you know, per se. But like, he's got actually. I mean, there's some Babbitt stuff stuff going on. Like he's getting lucky on his on his balls in play. Um, yeah, I think so. But at the end of the day, it's a uh, he's got an XWOP of three thirty four. But that's factoring in the fact he's got an eighteen percent walk rate, and you can count on him having double digit walk rate. Yeah, no, like he actually, you're, he he's a, a fit there now. Like, like you're you're actually right. His either would be a probably, he probably be like best at the bottom of the order because he you know he's got those on base percentage skills to for the rest of the lineup. 
Yeah, and he's not going to give away at bats either. So he's not. Yeah. He, he might not put up big numbers from the nine spot, but he's going to be a more competent hitter than your typical nine place guy. So he's not. It, he's not a get well type hitter. It works well with his. So. Then when he's then when he inevitably draws the walk, you turn the lineup over for Josh Rojas, who's another type of hitter who wears pitchers down and has that knack yeah. of finding holes in defense. And I think it turns it over. And plus, Perdomo, look, when he's look, on base, is equally as competent a base runner as everybody else. Look up on uh, Kode Senga's war. Oh, yeah. Let's look it up. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Fangrass. War for yeah. Kodai Senga. But this is FIP war. That's really the only, like, we haven't seen compare. Okay, so uh, point like, two. The advanced metrics don't love him. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. They really don't know what to make of him. So, yeah. If you look at the, uh, so, FIP minus has him at 82, which is 18% better than league average. Okay. Now, if we go to RA nine war, he's at point six. Okay, so he's he's a strong he's a strong contender still. I don't know if there's any any other like uh, rookies or pitchers that point four F four are real standout. Like he's really the only comparison. Like the only winner. I think it's the only pitcher you can you can really put as the rookie real the rookie of the year race. He gets extra attention because he's coming over from Japan. And he was like an ace, so at least he was there. Yeah. Uh, but he... But does, wouldn't a top ten prospect also carry that same kind of hype going into the season, like Carroll um, Walker? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that like you get the same thing going on. Um, Walker, I think that's a real that's a real interesting thing that his defense has been that bad. Um, yeah, stat cast like, that. I mean, he really hits the ball hard. Yeah, nobody's questioning his bat. No one's questioning that. But a lot I, of red with that bat. I was told there would be defense. <laughs> 113.9. This is max um, exit velocity. His average yeah, that's, is 91. That's, that's, ins- re- that's good, no matter what, that's, how old you are. That's insane. Yeah, no, that's like, that 20. is like top, that's top level uh, exit velocity. He's 20 years old. The kind of contact the guy makes is ridiculous. I mean, just in terms of how hard he hits the ball, like the exit velocity is is uh, very impressive. But his defense—that's I was told there'd be de- defense, Michael. Well, well, I guess I guess the average right fielder is much better than him right now. Yeah, I was I was told he was good defensive center fielder or right fielder. <laughs> no, um, it was never going to be center field. Yeah, probably going over the, the corner. Yeah, no, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, that's, I'm joking, but I was told, told there'd be defense. Um, I'd say, yeah. I said Walker was bare bet to get to four war, but Carroll better bet to five. Yeah, yeah, that was true, but I, I just, I didn't think he'd be negative, like negative defensively. I'd at least be average. It's, it's, yeah, Walker runs well, so it could be just bad routes to the ball because he's an infielder. He really isn't playing yeah. the outfield until this year. Okay, that explains a lot. He's got I, the I tool, he's got the tools. It's just a matter of it's a matter of the reps and the timing. <laughs> yeah, he's got the path and all that. I've seen all the tools. He, he's got a very strong throwing arm. Like it's, it's underrated. Like it's. To Did say I tell that you about that like, one play in the fall league where he almost threw a guy? He nearly threw a guy out, 
on a play that literally everybody else would have zero chance of even putting a play on. Like they would have thrown yeah, in the yeah. second, conceded the run. Walker just throws a, and it was an, it was like a legitimately, you know, you could grade that throw an 80. Scouts would get that throw an 80, but like the bottom the right field Guerrero, goal, the runner's running third as Walker's picking the ball up in the right field corner. And okay, it's yeah. not, and he throws it to home plate on a line, not even, not cut off at all. Wow. And the catcher nearly pulled off a swipe tag on the runner who was shot, who probably never saw the throw coming in. That's like a, a Vlad Guerrero, uh, Ichiro. Bo, that's a Bo Jackson type throw. Bo Jackson type throw. I, I, I don't know. I've Vlad threw out some people from the corner. There's a famous play of him uh, throwing someone like way in the corner and you have Bo Jackson the other one. Of yeah, you like, got Harold Reynolds. Yeah. Harold Reynolds ain't slow. Yeah, Harold, Harold Reynolds. Like, he wasn't max Ricky. arm velocity is 100 but, point. But he was pretty fast. StatCast says his max throw at 100.2 miles per hour. Yeah. So, uh, George, really, I think, like, if we're in the same position we were last week, is that Corbin, Corbin Carroll uh, is still a very strong contender for rookie of the year. Of course, you got Milwaukee's outfield, and James Outman has entered the conversation. Yeah. Outman, we'll see how he does against somebody else. I, I don't think that will last, honestly. Like, he's, I don't, he wasn't on my radar. I did look through other teams' uh, prospect lists, and it was like, we weren't even talking about him, we we're talking about Vargas. So, um, nah. I mean, if I, I think that'll split the vote, honestly, because if they're both good, then it actually takes away the vote from, from Vargas. No, we've seen, we saw Arenado not take votes away from Goldschmidt in the MVP race last year. It's true. It is true. I mean, if, if the guys stand out enough, they're still going to vote for the better, the better player on the team. There's two good players now at this point. Right. It happened before. Yeah. McCarthy nearly grew up the one. So it's lined out sharply. What's uh, the score now? It's still 3-0. D-backs have struck out 12. McGuff threw a scoreless eighth inning. Oh, we're almost done there. Okay. Well, that's a low leverage save. You don't necessarily need a closer for 3 nothing, but you would if it gets interesting. I think the only real uh, transaction that we've... Uh... That we like, like Jose Ruiz will be playing, and uh, he's not Reno. there he's yet. He's not there yet, but he'll be. Uh, they're gonna make. Do they make the corresponding roster move yet? Yeah, Ahmed Bunt single. Oh, nice. Yeah, healthy Nick Ahmed. This team's a lot better somehow. Yeah, this is really. Uh, oh, it's, it's nice to be. A, it's nice to be a Diamondbacks fan right now. So anyways, uh, like I said, for the Rookie of the Year race, obviously, Carroll and Walker have done everything they can to stay in there. But James Outman has emerged as a top candidate. Let's see if Miguel Vargas can hit when teams don't when teams throw him strikes. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I really... Uh, Something like must We should have a lot more to talk about next week yeah. since there's like more than two games of baseball and more <laughs> most of the affiliates, like really not a lot to talk about. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll see how, got, see how the Reno rotation slips out from there. Like I said, I think Arizona is going to be a little bit slow to move on. i like make a move with the, uh, with Henry and fought because of the injury to Davies. 
Yeah, I don't see them going anywhere right now. I think it's like we're just going to see uh, – well, I saw Peter Solomon. I don't I don't know uh, a whole lot about him. Uh, I don't necessarily think – like it's like long-term, it's largely an irrelevant move. I mean, he's <laughs> there know? to be the long guy. He's the long guy. So I don't see them moving Henry or – uh, or fought out of the out of the rotation. Like I don't see them doing that to the rest of the the starting pitchers that we have. Like I just don't see the Diamondbacks making that move. It's pretty much going to be Jameson in the rotation. Um, but yeah, and we're going to wrap. Yep, wrap so it up. Going to wrap it up. Hopefully next week we get to see how well that lo- some of the top prospects obviously fought. We'll get another start this week. Then Jordan Lawler will see. He continues to mash double A. Like I said, that's probably the big storyline with the system is kind of just watching those two. Oh, yeah. So thing, it's great, as uh, always, to be uh, on here talking with you, Michael. Uh, you're doing you're doing great work. And uh, you, like, I, I honestly, this is like the, the years that we've been working together, like these, uh, this is like the best. I think honestly, like I would say, this is the best uh, overall. The farm system and team have been at the same time that you and I have been both like writing about and like, well, like you know, the my, like Diamondbacks minor league system. You know, I feel and, like this is the result of their system too. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. This is all like the the result of like basically rebuilding the farm system in the. Since 2017, like basically, I think we both started writing, and uh, like it is really cool. Tr- it's really cool to see the results of these guys like grow up, don't you think? Like you see, yeah. like a guy have a hard time and a struggle, and we're seeing it pay off, and we're just like we're like proud baseball yeah. fan parents. It's fun to yeah, see. That's one way to describe it. Yeah, it's really it is it is it's wonderful. And writing about the, the minors, and they come to the big leagues, and you start you have the chance to, I guess. Yeah, not only write about him, but talk about him. Like I said, uh, it's, it's great, man. Always hold a special place for Jake McCarthy. This is the first interview as a writer, one-on-one interview. Impressive. Mine is Jazz Jazz Chisholm, and I, I like will always have a soft spot for like talking to him. He's the first in major, like the day in the major leagues, and I uh, seeing him on the cover of MLB The Show is a surreal experience McGuff is going for is he really going for a six out save I always thought of him as a one inning guy but anyways yeah thanks everyone for watching if you're watching here on YouTube click that subscribe button I'm not sure what I'm not sure what actions you need to do for the uh, if you're listening to the audio on Apple or the RSS podcast but if you are there's a thumbs up or whatever you need to do give us a, your vote of approval thanks right. we'll be back uh, next monday well, for more, well, we'll have a lot more to talk about yeah unless there's a lot more to talk about we'll have six more games to digest everyone have a great night <laughs>